Hey guys, welcome to Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. I'm Dr. John Berardi, co-founder of Precision Nutrition, and if you're not familiar with us, over the last 15 years, we've become the world's largest online nutrition, fitness, and health coaching company. Through that time, as you can imagine, we've watched fad diets and fitness crazes come and go. But when the fads have failed and the crazes died out and people just want something that works, they turn to Precision Nutrition for things like expert coaching, guided mentorship, and online support. In this podcast, which is a mix of recorded articles, interviews, and roundtable discussions, myself and my Precision Nutrition colleagues will help make the whole nutrition, fitness, and health process work for you. Ideally, you'll discover that eating, moving, and living well can be easy and enjoyable for now and into the future. So let's get started. Hi, this is Bryce from Precision Nutrition, and today I'm reading the article, How Intense Workouts and Overtraining Can Ruin Your Results. Here's how to know what's too much when it comes to exercise, by John Berardi, PhD. In the fitness industry, everyone's obsessed with more. More cardio, more squats, more gym time, more calorie restriction. But if you're not careful, more can lead to overtraining, injury, and illness. In today's article, JB explains how to know what's too much when it comes to exercise. I've been coaching clients for nearly 25 years, and I've seen many of them treat their bodies like teenagers learning to drive a car. Vroom! Full speed ahead on killer workouts. Max effort each time. Add another hour of cardio. Get hurt. Feel sick. Get hurt. Get sick. Feel discouraged. Then, vroom! Cut calories. Weigh and measure everything. Lose control. Feel even more discouraged. We see the cycle of alternatively slamming the gas, then the brake, then gas, then brake again with our precision nutrition coaching clients. When they decide to get moving, they go hard. They throw everything energy, time, resources at their weight loss, strength gain, or health goals. They feel invigorated and energized, high on their new workout drug. Have you tried Workout X? They ask their coworkers. Feel my quads, it's amazing. This full throttle approach seems to work for a little while, until it doesn't. One day, it's hard to get out of bed. Shoulders and knees ache a bit. They get a bit of a cough or feel run down. A week later, they miss an easy lift. They reach for the ice pack, no big deal. The week after that, they're dialing their chiro or physio's office, or lying on the couch with a back spasm that feels like giving belly button birth to a sea urchin. So what happened? Where did it all go wrong? Well, the problem isn't the exercise or even the intensity. The problem is not balancing stress with recovery. Exercise is like a stressor, usually a good one, but a stressor nonetheless. If you exercise intensely and or often, you add stress to a body that may already be stressed from other life stuff, like work, relationships, travel, late nights, and so forth. This isn't a bad thing. Exercise can indeed help relieve stress. But in terms of a physical demand, we still need to help our bodies recover from all the stress we experience. How well you'll recover and how much extra recovery you might need depends on your allostatic load. In other words, how much total stress you're under at any given moment. In other words, those days when you were late for work and your boss yelled at you and you spilled ketchup on your favorite shirt and you were up all night caring for a sick child and then you went to the gym and tried to nail a personal record, it'll take longer for you to recover from that workout than it would have if you'd done it on a day you slept well, woke up to sunshine, and had a terrific breakfast. 
So with the right amount of exercise, at the right intensity, and the right time, we train, we learn, we get healthier and stronger. But too much exercise, with too high an intensity, too often, we strain, we stress, we shut down, and break down. Now overtraining isn't a failure of willpower or the fate of weak-minded whims. Our bodies have complex feedback loops and elegant shutdown systems that actively prevent us from overreaching or pushing ourselves too hard. There are two systems at play here. Our central nervous system, the CNS, acts like a car engine regulator. If the engine on a car revs too high for too long, it shuts down. Similarly, if we exercise too much, our brain tries to protect our muscles by reducing the rate of nerve impulses so we can't or don't want to move as much, and we certainly can't work as hard. The second system is local fatigue. The result of energy system depletion and or metabolic byproduct accumulation, it makes your muscles feel really tired, lethargic, and weak. Using our car analogy, this is sort of like running out of gas. So training too frequently and intensely, again without prioritizing recovery, means that stress never subsides. We never get a chance to put gas in the tank or change the oil. We just drive and drive and drive, mashing the pedals harder and harder. If we lift the hood, we might see a few things like poor lubrication, our connective tissues are creaky and frayed, radiator overheating, more inflammation, the battery is drained, your feel-good brain chemicals and anabolic, in other words, building up hormones, have gone down. You might even have rust. Catabolic or breaking down hormones such as cortisol have gone up. As a result, you might experience blood sugar ups and downs, depression, anxiety, and or racing thoughts, trouble sleeping or early wake-ups, food cravings, maybe even trouble controlling your eating, lower metabolism due to decreased thyroid hormone output, disrupted sex hormones, which means less mojo overall, and in women, irregular or missing menstrual cycles. And here's the thing. You don't get to decide if you need recovery or not. Your body will decide for you. And if you don't build recovery into your plan, your body will eventually force it. The more extreme your overtraining, the more you'll pay via illness, injury, or exhaustion. And the more severe the payback, the more time off you'll need from exercise. That's a bummer. Now your car is stalled or worse, gone backwards. Ah. So what drives people to overtrain in the first place? Well, some folks in our Precision Nutrition Coaching Program worried that the prescribed workouts and daily habits won't be enough, so they add more exercise and subtract food. What's driving them? Well, there are a few possible reasons. Number one, some depend on intense exercise to feel good about themselves. They might tell themselves it's for their health or to get the perfect body. But the truth is, many people depend on their extreme exercise regime to feel good about themselves. Take this story from Precision Nutrition Coach Krista Shaws. She tells us, Early on in the program, a client's weight went up a few pounds on a particular measurement day. I went on high alert. I called her and could hear the treadmill rolling in the background. Uh, what are you doing right now? Turns out she was into her 40th minute of a 60-minute post-measurement day guilt workout. I yelled, get the heck off the treadmill now! Right then and there, we made each other a promise. No more extra work, PN training program only. And she was terrified of eating more and doing less, but after her first week of eating more and doing less, she actually lost three pounds. Before, she had been doing quote-unquote everything right and not losing a pound. A few months later, she'd lost 10 pounds and 6% body fat. She looked healthy, fit, and amazing. People would ask for her secret. 
So those intense, laborious workouts, yeah, they can feel good. Almost too good. Strenuous exercise releases chemicals that kill pain and make us happy, temporarily. By the way, these chemicals are also released when your body thinks you're in big trouble and about to die. Their evolutionary job is to help us float away in a happy, painless haze as the cyber-toothed tiger is eating our arm off. So in a sense, they're stress-related chemicals. For some people, these chemicals become a hit. Pushing their bodies to the limit and working hard becomes their drug. All right, let's look at a second reason. Intense exercise gives you a sense of control over your body and life. It's drilled into people's heads via popular media. If you want control over how your body looks, hit the gym and then hit it again. Here's another client's story in their words. I ran seven marathons over the course of about 10 years, each time hoping that this training round would be the one that got me thinner. But the harder I worked, the more frustrated I got, which I used to propel myself harder over more miles. The more I trained, the hungrier I was. It was a massive battle against appetite all day long. I never got thinner. Sometimes I gained. I got stressed out, cold after cold after random infection, and increasingly unhappy with myself. For me, what I needed to finally drop those last 5-10 to 10 pounds wasn't exercise for 1-2 to two hours a day. It was to go harder for shorter periods of time and give myself enough downtime to recover. It became so much easier to achieve a slight energy deficit when my body felt more at ease, less pushed to the limits all the time. Muscles stayed and got stronger, and fat shrunk away. So as you can see, people who often overtrain want to try hard and do their best to reach their goals. They think they're doing what it takes. If some exercise is good, more must be better, right? All right, let's move on to a third type of reason. Most people don't know that overtraining can work against them. Precision nutrition clients who are overtraining are often shocked to learn they're doing too much. Nobody's ever told them that there's a sweet spot for exercise that balances work and recovery. Usually, people learn about the risks of overtraining the hard way, like this following story from our men's coaching program. Last week, I injured my ribs and back, not enough to put me out of commission, and it's not serious, but it was a real pain in the butt. Certain positions and actions, like sneezing, felt like a knife in my side. I had to cut certain exercises out, like push-ups, and I couldn't jump rope or sprint either. I still did the workouts every day, but I had to cut back on the weight. I used about 80% of what I typically use, and, for the intervals, scale back the intensity. Now here's the interesting part. When I was done with the workouts, I felt really good, as opposed to the fall on the floor wiped out feeling I usually have, and I wasn't sore the next day either. In fact, I've really been looking forward to these workouts. I thought, hey, this is fun. But then I had this other nagging thought. Am I just a wimp? Anyway, all this got me thinking, what the hell am I working out so hard for every day anyhow? Should I be killing myself? I'm not a competitor. Nobody knows or cares how fast I run or how much I squat. I'm starting to think I should be ending a workout feeling like I could do that again right now if I had to. I call that training. Now the opposite would be me pushing myself to the limit frequently, feeling completely pooped out after a workout, and I call that straining. It seems pretty obvious I won't make a lot of fast progress by training, but on the other hand, I gotta wonder, how long can I keep going if I'm straining? Now, notice in that story how this concept of training versus straining is a true revelation for this client. Sometimes, less is more. Putting in a consistent good effort over the long haul is much more sustainable than cycles of crash and burn. And this client's slow and steady efforts did pay off. He lost 20 pounds and 10% of his body fat in six months. More importantly, he recovered, stayed uninjured, 
and kept having fun. If pump till you puke and hours of treadmill torture worked, we'd make our clients do it, but it doesn't work, so we don't do it. Exercise should make us feel, look, perform, and live better, not crush us. Movement should help us function freely, not incapacitate us. What if you could leave the gym feeling energized and not exhausted? What if instead of doing more, you could do better? So here's your first tip. Overtraining isn't exactly the problem. The problem is more like under-recovering. Your body can actually handle a tremendous amount of work if you recover properly and fully from that work. Your stress recovery pattern should look like rolling hills. For every up, training our life stress, there's a down, recovery. For every intense workout, there's an equally intense focus on activities that help your body repair and rebuild. Now, this doesn't mean you need to retreat into your dark and quiet blanket fort and get massages every day, although that does sound awesome. But if you do free your mind, your body will follow. When you factor in recovery as a crucial part of your training regimen, a funny thing happens. You start to think of training completely differently. What if you could exercise on a continuum where every movement counts? What if you could balance high with low, heavy with light, work with play in a natural organic rhythm? Well, here are some ways to do just that and to find your balance. Now, an effective physical activity routine incorporates four things. Resistance training, intervals, active recovery, and fun. And you can do that no matter how much time you have to devote to physical activity. In fact, online in today's article, we have a cool infographic that shows you what the balance looks like in the Precision Nutrition Coaching Program. Make sure to check it out at precisionnutrition.com forward slash r dash u dash overtraining. To summarize it though, Precision Nutrition Coaching clients who have the most success aren't usually the ones who do the biggest, most challenging workouts. Instead, they're the ones who find small ways of getting movement whenever and wherever they can. That includes real-life functional movement. Things like biking or walking to work, or running to catch the damn bus, walking to the grocery store and carrying your groceries home, washing the car, giving the walls a fresh coat of paint, teaching your kids how to fly a kite, shoveling snow, raking leaves, planting a garden, and even mowing the lawn. When you think of movement this way, it stops becoming a workout, i.e. a chore or a gauntlet you have to psych yourself up for, and starts becoming your daily life. In other words, something that is easy, seamless, and always with you. So, with that in mind, here's what you can do next. If you're feeling some of the symptoms described in this article, there are a few steps you can take to start feeling better. Number one, do a little self-assessment. For some of us, skipping a workout is no biggie. For others, taking a day off requires effort. Doing less can make you feel uneasy. If spending more time away from your self-imposed boot camp freaks you out, ask yourself, what are you doing this for? What are your actual goals and why? Ask yourself, how do you feel? Are you constantly in pain, tired but wired, hungry and so forth? And ask yourself, how is what you're doing working for you? Are you getting results? In other words, if you're beating yourself up and not getting anywhere, maybe it's time to take a different approach. Number two, trust your body and listen to it. What's really going on under the hood? Do a mind-body scan. Lie quietly for a few minutes and bring your focus slowly from your feet to your head. What do you feel? Practice becoming more aware of your body cues. What does your body feel like when it's well-rested? How do you know when it needs a break? And if you're feeling achy and creaky, run down and blah, unmotivated, anxious or depressed, fatigued or annoyingly sleepless, consider changing up your workout routine. 
Okay, number three, make time for recovery. That's right, recovery won't happen by accident. Plan it, prepare for it, and hunt it down. Schedule that massage, tell your friends to save the date for the citywide scavenger hunt, and block off Sunday afternoon for guilt-free goof-off time. Whatever you do, remember that your recovery, what you do between workouts, is just as important as training. You want some ideas? How about this? Go for a walk, preferably in a natural outdoor setting. Put away your phone and observe what's around you. You can meditate, and it's easier than you might think. In fact, we have an article about it at precisionnutrition.com forward slash good dash stress dash bad dash stress. Check that out. You can do yoga. And remember, it doesn't have to be hot yoga or power yoga to count. You could go for a swim and finish it off with a relaxing sauna. You can just chill out in the park, lie back on the grass and stare at the clouds. You can get a massage and give the body a little help de-stressing. And yes, you can get it on. Sex counts too. Thanks, Precision Nutrition. All right, number four, achieve the balance. There's time for tough workouts and time for taking it easy. There's time for long runs and there's time for throwing a frisbee around. Doing the same thing over and over again isn't doing your body any good. Mix up your exercises and the intensity. If you're not sure how much of each you're getting, try keeping our workout journal for a week or two. What could you use a little more of? Where could you ease back? Find some new ways to get active without being in the gym. Incorporate some silly, goofy playtime into your routine. See how it feels. And on that note, number five, have fun. There's a reason why kids naturally run, jump, roll, and wiggle their bodies around. Fun is a huge part of how we learn to move and interact in the world. Continuing this process keeps us healthy and young. In fact, laughing activates the recovery system, as does even smiling. So lighten up and loosen your white-knuckle grip on life, Sergeant Hardcore. And here are some ideas just for that good old-fashioned fun. You can play a sport you love or discover a new one. Actively play with your kids. In other words, run around with them on the playground, swing from the monkey bars, climb trees, chase a frisbee. You can dance, have a night out with friends, or just goof off with the music cranked up in your living room. You can pay your pet some extra attention. Give your dog an extra run for his money at the dog park. Try some kitty yoga. That is a thing. I'm not kidding. You can go for a hike or take a walk in the city. Explore a new neighborhood. And number six, get driving lessons. Yep, that's right. The only message you've likely ever gotten about staying fit is put the pedal to the metal. Now it turns out you're actually in overdrive. If you're feeling frustrated, confused, or exhausted or stressed, team up with someone. Find an active friend, an interested spouse, a, a parent you want to spend more time with, or a local trainer, coach, sensei, whoever. Just find someone that together you can experiment with a fun, balanced approach to your physical activity. Your car will thank you. All right, this has been Bryce from Precision Nutrition reading today's article, How Intense Workouts and Overtraining Can Ruin Your Results. Here's How to Know What's Too Much When It Comes to Exercise by John Berardi, PhD. You can read the article online yourself, plus see a cool infographic at precisionnutrition.com forward slash r dash u dash overtraining. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Okay, everyone, that's it for this week's edition of Precision Nutrition's Eat, Move, and Live Better podcast. For more information about how to eat, move, and live better yourself, and for some awesome free nutrition and health resources, come visit us on the web at www.precisionnutrition.com. You could also visit us on Facebook or on Twitter at InsidePN. Talk to you next time.